0: Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from ruining your life? Join award-winning author and breakthrough expert Dr. Friedman Schaub for Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most difficult challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Here is your host on Empowerment Radio, Dr. Friedman Schaub.
1: Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. I'm sorry for the slight delay, some little technical difficulties. I want to welcome our new producer, Zach, to the show. He is apparently replacing Carter. So welcome, Zach. Nice to have you on the show. And Steering us through the Easters today. Well, we are talking today about something that's fitting to the month, November. Now, November is like the beginning of the end of the year. The days are getting shorter. The nights are longer. The weather gets more miserable, especially in Seattle, where it's just a little bit more cloudy and rainy. and. Yeah, you could call it depressing. And at the same time, it's also the time where I think the external stuff doesn't get so much attention and we can actually go internal and spend a little time on introspection and reflection. November is also the time of remembering the dead. There is, for the Christian tradition, the old, all saints and all soul's day there is november 11th where we remember the fallings of the World War one and also other world wars and in general it's just a day or a, a month where how i grew up we thought more about going to graves or getting the graves a little bit nicely ready for the winter and so i thought it was fitting for many reasons To also talk about that topic that most of us want to avoid, and you may be tempted to turn off the dial and uh, just switch the channel, but stay tuned. It's worth it. It's about death and dying. Now, do you feel like you spend any time thinking about your own mortality? Are you afraid of death? Are you afraid of dying? Well, if so, 20% of Americans are joining you in that fear. And it's something that's apparently more amongst women than men, which I think has much more to do that men just don't want to think about. And women are more likely to reflect on that and discuss it than just to push it aside. Now, interestingly, 20% are also afraid of public speaking And I always remember this joke by Jerry Seinfeld that said that an average person, when they go to the funeral, feel probably more comfortable being in the casket than uh, saying the eulogy. And I think there is something true to this. But this, again, has more to do with the fact that we may just not want to think about the topic of death. Now, the fear of death is something that... uh, I think makes us sometimes create healthy habits, right? So we are maybe thinking about, well, let's lose some weight or eat more vegetables. Let's have a coloscopy once in a while just to make sure. So there are things that can drive us to just avoid that grim reaper. But in general, there is that idea of not wanting to think about it because it's springing up all these emotions. It's you know, fear, it's maybe grief from someone that was dying, it's maybe all of those things that we don't know about death that makes us want to avoid it. But the problem when we are avoiding something that's inevitable, and that's certainly true, it is inevitable, we're going to die, all of us. When we are avoiding something that's inevitable, just like the taxes, or maybe Listening to the signs of our body that it needs attention, usually it backfires. And when it comes to the fear of death, how it can backfire is that that fear gets worse. And it's maybe a subconscious fear, something that just becomes more and more an issue that becomes in that uh, subconscious realm bigger. And as we are getting older, may actually overshadow any kind of joy of still being alive. Now, when my past, my parents were passing uh, in 2010, even though professionally and, uh, and also personally, I was confronted with death, I got a kind of a new uh, curiosity about it. A new sense of, I need to really think about this topic because, you know, as long as your parents are living, you think like, well, you are immortal. Life goes on forever, and all of a sudden, they have expired, and then you are realizing, well, you're next. And so, since ever then, I have been really trying to understand, understand death more, or to get a different relationship to death, and also understand the fear of death more. Now, the fear of death is certainly something uh, some of my clients are coming with simply because they feel that since ever they have this more unhealthy fear of dying, you know, there is the more healthy way where you just feel like, you know, okay, I keep it in the back of my mind. And as I said, there are some good uh, uh, outcomes from that. Also, the outcome that you don't necessarily go uh, bungee jumping or hiking in the midst of a snowstorm, all of those things that make us more cautious, But the unhealthy fear of death is that fear that just encompasses every day, that makes us obsess about it, that makes us uh, hypochondriacs, that makes us just always dread waking up in the morning. And, And what is that fear about? Well, there is a fear of the dying process. A lot of people are afraid of, well, what if it is painful? What if I struggle? What if it's hard? And then there is a fear of the unknown. A lot of people just feel, well, it maybe just lights out and over. Well, that doesn't feel very appealing. Or maybe I'm going to go into eternal punishment because I wasn't really such a good person here on earth. Or maybe it's something that's really just incredibly boring and nothing actually happens. And i just going to feel like withering away there are a lot of those fears happening. Then there is a fear also of what happens with those that we leave behind. You know, Especially parents are often concerned about their kids. How can they keep on going without me? Or partners and spouses wonder how they can leave their partner behind. Can they manage also their lives without our help? But in a study that the really wonderful Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross has done, she was a Swiss physician, uh, that she found that the greatest fear that we have is that fear of losing control. And it may be the all-encompassing fear about death in general, because usually we are so just comfortable in being in charge, you know, feeling like, yeah, we can predict things, we can avoid things, we can be in control of our circumstances. But when it comes to death, when it comes to that idea that at one point we have to face it, no matter whether we want it or not, it becomes something that makes us feel easily powerless. And that is just some topic that feels, for many of us, so overwhelming that we wanna avoid it. But I feel there is something really beautiful about death something that actually is very creative can give you something very positive in your life and that is one aspect that allowed me to find more peace with death and today what i want to just talk about is how to make peace with death how to be able to see death not as an enemy but maybe more as a friend, maybe more as something that's a part of nature that we're gonna embrace and we're gonna just include in the love of life. Or just like the Steve Jobs quote, that is, no one wants to die, even people who want to go to heaven don't want to get there. And yet death is a destination we all share. No one has ever escaped it. And that is as it should be because death is very likely the single best invention of life. It's life's change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. And there are other ways death can be a change agent and actually improve our lives just by acknowledging its presence. So we will talk more about this after the break. Stay tuned.
0: in a roundabout of dysfunction, learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com.
2: Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later.
1: Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. For those brave ones that are still on it and are willing to face death, or at least the fear of death, well, thank you for staying tuned in. If you have any questions or would like to have a comment, call 800-930-2819. Again, 800 930 eight one nine. or you can also type in a question in the chat box in Transformation Talk Radio, or you can also go to Facebook Live on Transformation Talk Radio and ask a question there, or in my Facebook Live, Dr. Friedman, and type in a question there. We'd love to answer your questions as you're coming up about this important topic. Now, the first time I saw a dead person was my grandfather. I was eight years old. I was a part of the church choir. He wasn't doing so well, but we went to the practice at the church choir, and uh, in the middle of that practice, I had that strong feeling that he passed. And you know, when people in the choir asked, "How oh, is your grandfather doing?" and you know, my sister and my aunt said, "Oh, he's okay. I think he's doing better." I just knew he was dead. And so when we arrived, yes, my mother and my grandmother were grieving, and. Uh, He had apparently passed away. Now, I was so curious to see what that means. How does a dead person look like? So I snuck down into the basement where they had been staying, and I just opened the door, and I saw him, and he was sleeping. And I just felt like, well, death doesn't seem to be so scary. It looks actually really peaceful and comfortable, the way he appeared. And that was like the first time I felt like the mystery of death wasn't as mysterious anymore. Then as a physician and working in an intensive care unit, certainly I saw quite a few people dying from surgeries or accidents or terminal illnesses. And one thing that I didn't have through all these experiences was the fear of dying being something painful something that you have to struggle and maybe this is also thanks to the advances in medicine that there are so many things that we can do now to make a person who is transitioning who is passing on comfortable that the process can be more like a falling asleep and the way i saw it or i imagine it is really like that feeling of being uh, Maybe uh, after a really, really hard day of work, you're absolutely exhausted. Ideally, you feel fulfilled. Ideally, you feel like, wow, I did a good job. But all you can think about is, I want to close my eyes, hit the pillow, and fall asleep. And that kind of feeling of wanting just to sleep and let go, that is how I hope my death will be. And I hope that most people's death can be this way. Now, when my mother, was diagnosed with cancer and, uh, and basically you know, was told that she can only hope to live for another couple of years, it was something that certainly gave her an incentive to say, okay, now my husband has already passed on, so I will try to get the most out of these two years. Well, these two years were actually only four months because all of a sudden she developed an inflammation in her belly, a so-called peritonitis. And um, the doctors told her, frankly, well, this happened so fast, we cannot do any surgery. Unfortunately, there is nothing left to do. So you will die in a week. Now, what I saw in my mother was complete disbelief because just a few days before she felt okay, she was you know, walking around, she was taking care of herself at home. And all of a sudden, someone tells her, well, you're going to die in seven days. She couldn't believe it. And she asked me, is that really true? Is that really now the end? And and what hurt me so much was that she wasn't prepared, that she had never really thought about death, that she always had somehow pushed it aside. And even though she was someone who had faith, Christian faith in this regard, but I don't think that she really had entertained that idea of dying as something that she would want to have peace with. And so when it happened, that was her biggest struggle. As I was sitting by her bedside and her body was changing over time, just as it does when we are dying and she couldn't eat and drink anymore and so on, that that emotional unpreparedness, that emotional fear, that struggle. I think that was worse than her physical struggle because the physical struggle was something that was eased through all the medication that she was getting. So that's where I feel like it's so important for all of us to spend some time. We don't have to obsess about it. It doesn't have to be a hobby, but to spend some time on understanding more that death is something we want to have a certain kind of frame, a certain thought, believe in, something that gives us a sense of I'm ready. No matter at what age it will happen. The other day, uh, Jimmy Carter apparently in a church service said, you know, that he's completely at peace with dying. Well, he's 95 years old and he had probably experienced anything and everything you can experience. He's full. He feels ready. And that's wonderful. And not everyone will have that grace of getting to the end at such a high age. So we want to not postpone these uh, thoughts about dying until we are in our 90s, but really start finding peace earlier. And one of the things that I find uh, can help us is just to also hear about what happens when you die. Yeah, I know, no one really can say, survived death but on some level there are these neds these near uh, ndes these near death experiences that people were reporting about and uh, you know one very famous and i think it was kind of the uh, the tra- the pathfinder in this topic was uh, a, a psychiatrist uh, dr moody who wrote the book life after life and what he described was uh, basically in 150 cases of people there whose heart had stopped during, you know, a procedure or in the uh, emergency room and, uh, and they were clinically dead. And then they were resuscitated and revived. And basically they were brought back to life. And he, interviewed 150 people that had those experiences, those near-death experiences. And what was fascinating about those recollection was that they were all very, very similar. Now, I know that there are some skeptics that are saying, well, this is just happening in the brain, and fine, good. But I believe when I hear those recounts of what happens after death, That there is also something that gives me great comfort to have that, in some ways you could say, even waiting for you or looking forward to. So what did they say? So the heart stops. And on some level, in that moment, there is that really leaving your body experience where these people said, well, I'm floating out of my body. I'm looking down. I'm seeing these people working on me, trying to resuscitate me, but I'm feeling more alive than ever. So apparently that first realization that you're not any longer in your body then goes to the next realization that, oh, I must be dead. And what happens for people that had these experiences is that Everything they used to identify themselves with, you know, whether it's, you know, I'm a father, I'm a professional, I'm whatever. Any kind of these old uh, person, uh, personalities or identities just were shed away. And there is, an, uh, there is an introspection that happens in that moment that apparently makes you feel like I know my truth. I, I know who I am now. I completely realize that is me not what I thought I was the next step is that then there is a feeling of in a later stage that there is a tunnel or a light that they are following and it leads to a place where it just feels incredibly warm welcoming loving some people say that uh, there are some uh, some loved ones that already passed waiting for them some animals that may be there and And at that time, you just feel like, you know, wow, this is better and more amazing than I ever have dreamt of. Yeah, this is according to those people. And then they have had the experience of like a life review. It's like everything that ever happened and they ever did, like a movie where they look literally at themselves and look literally at the other people that they were involved or whatever was involved Uh, in fast forward motion and really comprehend everything. And they understand also what it felt to those that maybe we gave love or we hurt or we disappointed. So there is an enormous amount of insight and empathy that happens. And after that review, there is one question that apparently gets asked. And that question is not about how much money did you make? How much did you leave, you know, behind? How much success? How much power? Nothing like that. The only thing that apparently matters is how much you have loved and how much love you have shared with the world and learned about love. You know, love is apparently the core, the reason to be. And that's what we are here to find out. So... I mean, you know, when I heard about this for the first time, I just really felt almost like a sense of relief, but also a sense of, uh, well, maybe I should really change my priorities a little bit. And <laughs> maybe most of us feel the same way that we are so programmed and trained to only look for, you know, these material uh, securities and possessions, and you know, whatever goals we have to reach in order to have a better standing in society, and all of those things may just completely postpone spending time with your loved ones or even opening up to love and let alone love ourselves. So, he was not the only one who had those um, uh, descriptions of what happens from his 150 patients. Dr. Kubler-Ross did the same thing and she had actually a a bigger cohort and she wanted to know if people also from different countries and cultures and backgrounds and philosophies and religions would still have the same experience. And it was very, very alike to what Dr. Moody found with the same steps and those same, um, you know, just experiences after death. And of course, when people came back, people were not necessarily happy, as Dr. Ross said, well, uh, people coming back into the cocoon after being the butterfly didn't really feel that great. But all people that came back were never afraid of death again. Now, this sounds all great, and literature and, uh, you know, studies are, I think, really enticing, but when somebody tells you this personally what happens, that makes even a bigger difference for me when we come back I talk a little bit about my uncle who shared with us what happened to him when he passed away and got resuscitated afterwards so stay tuned we'll be right back
0: Buzz for life, buzzed off, feeling ignored, invisible, and wondering if this is really all there is? The years go by faster as we gain momentum. You're halfway there. Are you gathering speed or puttering out? Hit your stride for the liberating half of life. Comfortable in your skin? You can do better than that. Tune in to Discovering You Again Radio every fourth Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, As host Susan Axelrod encourages listeners to decide what they want, get inspired to action, and face challenges head on. Host Susan Axelrod pulls no punches, encouraging you to grab the brass ring and soar. For more information about Susan, go to www.whatwillyourlegacybe.com.
1: learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me felice diana on transformation Talk tune in every third tuesday at 11 a.m pacific as i help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live explore the journey of spiritual transcendence
2: and ultimately discover the path to peace love Purpose and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio. As host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on. Fly high and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com.
1: Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking about death and what happens and what happens afterwards. So before the break, I, I shared about my uncle. My uncle was an engineer and he was someone who was very left brain and certainly has never read anything about Dr. Kubler-Ross or Dr. Mooney. And uh, so he just was a normal guy who didn't spend time thinking about dying or death until he had a heart attack and actually also had a near death experience. Now, After he was resuscitated and came back, it took him a little bit to really get used to being back alive. He shared in secret with us that he had the strangest experience. And he shared exactly what I said before, this getting out of your body, looking down and moving towards the light. And and there he was in a room where he saw that behind curtains, there were all these people that he felt he knew, people that had passed before him, but he couldn't see them. And he was asked the question. No, actually, he wasn't asked the question. He was actually told that this was not his time. He wasn't even his choice. He just was told, you are not ready yet. This is not your time. And, And so he was sent back and came back. Now, What for him happened afterwards was similar to what happened to anyone else that had a near-death experience, which was there was no fear of the unknown anymore. There was a knowledge that something happens afterwards, something actually I know, another adventure begins. And when you really think about nature, I mean, there is always a cyclical way in nature, you know, with the breath, the seasons, the tides, day and night there is always a, a cycle and of course life and death are a part of that cycle and i just feel like sometimes we are hanging on so to whatever we think life is just like a baby would hang on to the womb and we don't want to let it go but maybe we have to be also realizing that if we would have stayed in the womb well this would have not necessarily helped us to have a full experience of life and And maybe we also need to, at some point, be ready to let go of that life and let go of whatever we think we have to hold on to so that we can move on to that next adventure. And the actual dying is just this birth canal to go through. Sounds kind of, I don't know, comforting to see it this way. At least it was comforting for me now. There is another layer that I also found so fascinating. And that layer about death is, are we coming back? Is there actually a past life and will there be future lives? Now wouldn't that be great? Now, again, I am a physician, I'm a researcher, and I used to be very skeptical until I wasn't any longer. And for me, it was, uh, the work, that I do with clients with past life regressions, but also the work that uh, others did like uh, Dr. Brian Weiss, who again is a physician, a psychiatrist, and who did um, hypnotherapy with a woman who was um, really traumatized by her phobia, her phobia of water, of drowning, and he did a regression, you know, in. Traditional regression, you just go back all the way you know, to your birth. Well, somehow she went off and got further and all of a sudden was in a place where 4,000 years before the present time, she was facing herself being someone completely different than she could. Describe exactly where she was, how she looked like, and that she actually died by a tidal wave in the water. Uh, it was a very intense session, apparently, and something that really was uh, for the patient, this woman, Catherine, and Dr. Wise quite overwhelming. So he didn't really know what to make out of it. So he just, you know, asked her to come back in a few days and check on her. Well, every of her phobias that she was suffering with for years was gone. So he felt like there is something to it. This is not just something that, well, nice visual visualization or imagination, something very creative happened in the mind, and so it all poofed away. He thought there is something more to that. And so he did some research on past life regression and found fascinating things where people were able to talk languages that they have never learned old English or even languages from other countries. They were talking about um, specific towns. They remembered they lived in, even though they had never been before, and traveling to those towns, yeah, they existed. Exactly those houses existed. These places existed. Things that we don't really know how to explain. How come that those people were remembering something that was beyond the experiences of this life. Now, in in Buddhist tradition, it's well known that the Lamas, for example, reincarnate, if they choose to, to be of service again. And so there is, you know, this tradition of the Lama that is passing to you know, give some clues or some, some ideas on where to look for the new Lama. And then there are some, some processes where this child that is the reincarnation of the new Lama needs to, for example, uh, you know, find some objects that were uh, in the possession of the old Lama or they needed to identify people that the old Lama was associated with. And only then, when they were able to do that, then they were uh, proven to be that reincarnation. And it's fascinating to see with these kids that sometimes come from very poor and simple families are just able to, you know, remember what they had done in the past life that they could have not learned about. So these kind of things are just, I think, fascinating uh, evidence that there is the possibility of coming back in another life and and I personally had such an intense dream. Now I had this one dream over and over again, where I'm walking on an old Cobble street, uh, street, and there are these uh, little, um, you know, houses and uh, and uh, taverns that I'm passing by, and it feels so familiar. And I feel like, oh yeah, I know this corner. Okay, when I go around there, I can see a little spring here and a little tree. and. I have no idea where this was, but when I'm in this dra- dream, I know exactly where I am. Uh, one day, this dream went a little further, and I realized that I'm actually arriving at a house. And I saw myself, I mean, looking through my own eyes of the person in that dream, opening the door and entering into the house. And the house looked like you know, a house maybe from the uh, 17th century. And it was beautiful. And then I stepped into a room and there was a big mirror. And when I went in front of the mirror, I saw myself in the mirror. And who I was in that moment was a guy with a big belly and a long beard and dark hair and a red robe. And it really startled me because it felt so real. It felt like, well, this is who I am. And this is in that moment, maybe who I was, who I remember to be. And just such. An interesting dream, again, was poking my curiosity to my own past lives and what they may have been about. Again, there is no proof, because we cannot really prove anything about death. These may be all nice constructs of a mind that is incredibly creative, or this may be just the truth. See, the question is, why don't we remember our death? Why don't we remember really clearly that everything is fine? Don't worry about dying. You have another, you know, go around if you choose to. I think we don't because if we would, how quickly would we give up? How quickly would we say like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I have cancer. I don't want to go through chemo or surgery or something like this. Poof. Go on, go to the next life, have a reboot, start all over again. I think we would just not really get the learnings and go maybe through those tougher times if we would not forget that there is something very comforting and positive waiting for us after this life. I think life is precious. I don't think it's necessarily always super fun. It can be hard can be an amazing learning experience. It's an exploration and I think we are here ultimately to learn and as the near-death experiences say, to give love, to experience love, to learn about love. So if the going gets tough and we would just always check out, I do believe we would skip a lot of what we're here to do and here to share with the world. Now, I also believe that death is a gift in many ways. And this is something that my parents taught me. Because when my parents were getting older, and I lived in in the U.S., I just was really worried about. It. You know, I cannot really help them. I cannot be really there for them. What uh, needs to happen for them to have all the care that they need? And So I decided to do my very best for the last few years to really show up as often as possible, to do that trip to Germany, to call them every day, to have also a closer connection, deeper conversations, and and just a way for me to know that once they are passing, I feel filled, fulfilled with this relationship. And it really happened. These last few years with my parents were probably the best we ever had because it made me realize that all these old resentments and things that triggered me and, you know, made me feel like, ugh, oh, it drives me nuts, didn't really matter. Because what really mattered was that we have still time together. We still have the opportunity to laugh or eat and see each other. And so when they were passing, I was at peace. Now, when they were passing, I also thought about, well, what about my relationship to myself? What about my relationship to my life? Can I say that I'm at peace with all of that? Can I say that I'm so full that I can easily let go because I really have no regrets? Well, I couldn't. And I still can't because there are still things that I feel that I need to either explore or learn more or give more. But that is my intention. I don't any longer want to live on autopilot or just go through another year and another year because I feel like time is flying by anyhow faster. I want to be in a place where every day matters. And I know this is a wonderful, the power of now intention and it's hard to really not forget. It's easy to just fall into those distractions and get overwhelmed by the obligations. And just in the end, just look for these little joys and the rest is just plowing it through. But if you really are seeing that this life is not eternal, that there is an expiration date, that there is an end to it, and if you're really having the intention to say, I want to go from a full heart, I want to go with that feeling of, Having done what I wanted to do, having learned what I wanted to learn, and and maybe want to go and be able to answer the question, how much love did you give and experience? Like a lot, I did a lot. Well, I think we all could really use this death as a this idea or this notion of death as a motivation to become better people. To live more full lives and to make a greater difference in the world. Because how many things are right now going on in the world that occupy our minds? These, you know, the, diverse, uh, the divisiveness in, in this country and other countries and, and all this knick-nagging and, uh, you know, criticizing. And there is so much negativity going around. And I think we are tempted to spend a lot of energy and focus on that. And realizing that maybe we're getting off track and we will eventually leave this life maybe half full or empty. Or maybe we feel there are a lot of regrets and a lot of missed opportunities to love. Well, that couldn't be then today as you're contemplating all of this. Be the beginning of the first day of the rest of your life and living it in a way that it starts to fill you up so that when you are about to go and I am about to go, we have a Jimmy Carter moment and we just feel at peace. Now, I wanna leave you with a quote by Dr. Kubler-Ross. And I really love that quote because it shows you so much about that death is that friendly reminder about the preciousness of life. And it can be just that truth teller and maybe also that that inner compass that keeps us more on the track of what's important, not getting distracted by money worries, or distracted by fears that, you know, become bigger than ourselves, but really more guided towards. What does my heart say? What is the right thing to do? How do I want to share myself with the world? So what she is saying it is or was, it's not the end of the physical body that should worry us. Rather, our concern must be to live while we are alive, to release our inner selves from the spiritual death that comes with living behind a facade, designed to conform to external definitions of who and what we are. And I think that living on autopilot, living behind a facade, living not on purpose, living with a miserable attitude, living with anger, frustration, that is when we really contemplate the inevitable fact of death, that is what can fall away. And we can realize, no, we can do better than that. We can be more sources of positivity, of forgiveness, of compassion, of doing the right thing, of honesty, and of love. Well, I hope this was not so bad, talking about death. I, if you have any questions, I'm always there for you. You can reach me at drfriedman.com. You can just uh, reach out if you need help with fears, anxieties. My breakthrough program has helped countless people to overcome them and also to live more happy and purposeful lives because of it. So join me at drfriedman.com and you can see also a replay of this show on my YouTube channel, Dr. Friedman Shop. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and thank you for being you. Goodbye.
0: You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com.